Hello folks and welcome to Passive Aggressive Film Reviews Annual Review of 2011. What have you got for starters first, Richard? Uh, first of all, um, I'd like to say uh, Happy New Year, Nathaniel. Oh, thank you very much. That's uh, nice to hear from you. Happy New Year to you too. I've missed you. You have? I have. Are you being sarcastic or is that the truth? I'm, I've, no, I'm not being sarcastic. I've genuinely missed you. It's, it's been a, quite a while since we've done one of these. It seems like an age, doesn't it? I must admit. <coughs> I'm a little bit nervous. Are you? I don't know why, just, you know, back in front of the mic. Um, I get, you know, it must be like, imagine if you could play guitar, and you've got, imagine, it's a bit, a bit of a flight of fancy here, but imagine if you were the, you know, the guitarist and lead singer in a band. Yes. And you haven't played a gig for a while. You know, those butterflies must be, must be quite overpowering. Yeah, and it, it all feels a bit rusty and a bit uh, alien to begin with until you get into the flow. You've got it. You've, you've, got to hit, you've got to kind of hit the zone again, haven't you? And plus, you know, you, you've learned to kind of adapt to a, a superior personality for the past few weeks, and now you've got to kind of realign with that again. Um, I, you know. I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, you know, you, uh, adjust your neck so it's back looking at my pedestal. No, I don't get you. You don't? No, I don't get you. I don't know what you're on about. That's because you're stupid. Right. Um, how, was your, how was your holiday period, please? Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. It was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't a family bash. I'm not into the whole uh, family traditional Christmas, right. but um, it, nonetheless, it, it was a fantastic break. Uh, me and Anish just spent it pretty much alone, just mm. you know, bouncing off each other for a few days, really. So uh, ideas, uh, ideas, and literally, of course, uh, right. you know, we, we exchanged some some unusual gifts, <laughs> um, which I, I won't go into because I know you won't approve, and I, I don't want to discuss you. It's, it's a new year, it's a new start. Uh, I, I know how kind of narrow-minded you are, so um, I won't divulge. But let, let's say I, I was quite enthralled with the gifts I received. It's funny you say that, because one of my New Year's resolutions is to try and be more open-minded. Even more? Even more open-minded <laughs> than I normally am. <laughs> well, that, that'd be an incredible achievement. <laughs> Um, well, you know, I, I'm not going to shock you too much, Richard. I mean, ma maybe I'll, I'll divulge later on. Who knows? Okay. Uh, okay. And that was the Christmas period for you. I know you always look forward to it. I, I love Christmas. You do, don't you? It's Jesus' birth. Of course. Um, it's, a, it's a time for prayer, a time for family. Um, it's a great time of year. But this year, unfortunately, it was slightly blighted um, by a, an outbreak of the norovirus. The norovirus? What on earth is that? It, it, it's gastroenteritis. Oh dear. <laughs> it's explosive, let me just put it that way. Right, your um, digestive system was a bit took all to cock, was it? I've never known the like of it. Really? Three days, stomach cramps. I, you know, I, I had to be within, lit I mean, literally within ten paces of a toilet. Otherwise, ghastly things would happen. Well, that doesn't sound like the ideal Christmas, I have to say. It's not perfect, is it? No. This Christmas, as as every other, I brought I bought uh, no presents for anybody. Oh, Jim. Um, instead, I sent cards uh, to everybody with leaflets encouraging that they attend their local church. Well, you're being a noble Christian, aren't you? That's uh, an understandable thing to do. And did you receive yours, Nathaniel? Yes, I received it. Gladly received. Thank you very much, Richard. It was a lovely thought. Uh, have you been to church? I haven't, sadly, no. But, uh, you know, you, you didn't put it on a timeline. 
that's true. Uh, that's true. So, you know, I received a message and uh, it was good encouragement that I should have paid a visit in the near future, if only to, be, uh, to fulfil the ob- obligation. Well, you, you, you've actually been to church recently, anyway, haven't you? you of course, yes, I have, yes. And, uh, of course, there was my Jesus experience with the, um, with the hallucinogenics. Yeah. Um, so I've already got a, a dialogue and a relationship with him. Uh, right. um, so maybe I can go back to church and, uh, and pick that up. Now, even though I didn't send any presents uh, to anybody, because I, I, I don't approve of that at this time of year. What, materialism? Well, I, I, this is a time to think about Christ. Yes. Uh, um, to be thankful for all that, that, that he's done for us, for he suffered for us. Yes. Um, uh, you know, but my brother bought me a 52-inch flat-screen TV, and it was oh. very much appreciated. I'm sure he was. Uh, did you thank him for it? I did thank him. <laughs> yes, of course I did. <laughs> I did, and I, I watched Wally. Oh, you watched Wally? I watched Wally on the big screen. Great. Right, that's a coincidence. So did I, but uh, we'll mention that for later in the podcast, eh? Okay. Okay. Anything else for you? Well, I suppose we're going to talk about the year, Richard, didn't we? Uh, reflect a little bit on what we have done and haven't done and wishes and wish nots. Must we? I guess we should. Okay, all right, go on then. There is any, and I'm sure that's the kind of material I want to hear. <sighs> Pies, Richard. Pies? Yes. Oh, Helen Chamberlain. Helen Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> what point of your year? She's taught me a thing or two, Nathaniel. I'm sure she did, mostly about lawsuits. Oh, I'm thinking before before we got to that, before we got oh, to the legal aspect. It was a short but intense period of happiness in your life, was it, Richard? It was. It, it was. It was. It was a candle that, that that burned all too briefly, but by God, it was it was marvellous. Well, it sounds like she has raised the bar somewhat. Sure, she did. She she did something similar to that once. Something. Do you think Jesus would approve of your uh, sexual investigations at that time of the time of the year, Richard? The time to think about Jesus is in December and in April. Right, <laughs> it doesn't matter the rest of the year. <laughs> I dated Helen. Yes. In September, early or early October, I didn't have to think about Jesus then. Was that frankly, it, that would have been bloody weird, wouldn't it? If I was jabbing my cock into her and all that was in my head was Jesus, that would have been a bit strange. I guess it would, yes. I mean, was that planned? Was that planned? Did you, you, uh, you know, plan to meet the likes of Helen on September because of that reason? No, but I, I, of course, as a good Christian, you know, my eyes um, are blind to the to the female form. During the during the spiritual holidays. Yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's no there's no chance of romance there. Right. Hi for you. Go on. Well, it's got to be the obvious one, hasn't it? It's got to be uh, meeting Anushka. Uh, there's a theme here, isn't there? We, 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 we're all romantics, aren't we? Really at heart. I guess we are. We're we're uh, we're like twins. Yeah. Um, it was a fulfilment of her fantasy, Richard. It's she was the kind of girl I'd always dreamt of meeting, and. Uh, for blokes such as I to meet my fantasy girl, well, mm. you know, it, it's beyond fantasy. Yes. I'm so happy now, I can scarcely believe it. Mm. Uh, so that was a clear high point. And and, uh, do you think this is a life partner, or...? Well, who knows, I've been seeing her now three, three or four months. Indeed. Uh, yeah, 
that's kind of like a life partner for me, that, given my history. Well, you're not one to settle down, are you, normally? Certainly not. I mean, if I'm with a girl for a couple of weeks, you know, I think we're doing, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so three or four months, uh, yeah, she's, it's like almost a commitment for me. Uh, have you committed in any way? Have you have you exchanged rings? Oh Christ, no! Oh good Lord, no! No, it's a little early in the piece for that, Richard. But um, my hopes are high. I hope that 2012 will see uh, further progress and further development on the on our school. I'm pleased for you. Thank you very much. You see, you see, genuine as well. No, no, I am. You're a nice guy. We have we have our we have our disagreements. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that's just lashing out at the ones closest, isn't it? I guess you're right. I guess that's true. <laughs> you, you're definitely in a more mellow tone of uh, tone of voice this year, Richard, already, I have to say. It's, it's a new year. What, what's there to worry about? A new year, a new start. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. And, any other high points? Because, obviously, we, we're going to have to get onto the low points, and I've got quite a list of those. <laughs> <last year>. <laughs> 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 any other highs? Uh, yeah, the second high, and my final high, the one I'm really worth mentioning, was my um, investigations in all, into all things religious. Uh, you know, when I was visiting the the various mosques and churches and, uh, and temples and so on. Mm. I think that was a, a lifetime experience, Richard, and uh, one that I learned an awful lot from, and I hopefully passed a lot of uh, valuable information on as regards that whole experience, and um, it's something that will stick with me and I'll remember forever. I've got to say, even though it's not in my list of highs, that was that was one of mine as well from a pod, purely podcast point of view. Right. That was one of mine as well. I thought that was fascinating, Nathaniel, what you were doing. Right. Well, thank you very much. So I, I kind of disapproved on a moral level. Yes, of course. Um, but but for, on an intellectual level, that was really really interesting and, and good to learn. You know, different things. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad that uh, you responded in such a such a fashion, Richard. That's really good to hear. That uh, that good. pleases me. Good. So we start with the lows. Um. Well, I've got one that's kind of in between. So if we start with that. Because of that, yeah. Yvonne leaving me. Right. Yes, that is a double-edged sword, isn't it? Somewhat. It's a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah. I fluctuated, Nathaniel. You know, good and bad. Yeah. Really, but now I just I just want a death. Really now. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's good. I don't know. You tell me, is that good or bad? It doesn't sound like the healthiest uh, uh, outcome, to be honest with you. But um, you know, to, to use the double-edged sword scenario, I mean, it was certainly the right side of the sword when you were seeing Helen, wasn't it? It was. It was. And um, I mean, after Helen brought the lawsuit on, as my memory seems to serve me, it was then the depression began to kick in. That's correct. That is, that is a double whammy, wasn't it? Because yeah. Yvonne left me and then Helen left me. Bang, bang. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, my, my, my wish for Yvonne to die, it's, it's not a bloodlust. I don't want I don't want her to suffer. Yes. I just want her gone. Right. Wiped off the face of the earth. Well, to be honest, Richard, she's as good as gone anyway, isn't she? She's certainly out of your life, isn't she? She's not posting any more uh, insulting envelopes through, through, your, through your door, is she now? No, no, it's been a long time since I've heard from her. So maybe she has... just ignore her. I think so. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe you've got the the outcome that you've wanted. Yes, you might be right. Um, other than that, looking back on the year, um, I, I, absolutely hideous time in Scotland. Oh, I remember, yes, yes, I remember your version to the Scots, yes. It was, it was horrible. It was a horrible place. 
it was there was hills and grass everywhere. Yeah. It was rainy and cold. There were people wandering around with next to no teeth. Bloody oh, awful. It doesn't sound particularly loathsome, to be honest with you. Oh. <laughs> a green place where it rains, I mean, it doesn't sound awful. It was horrible. You weren't there. Well, I remember your, uh, when you were expressing your views about the, the incident in, in the public toilet. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, when the Scottish gentleman tried to have a conversation with you as you were defecating. That's correct, yeah. Good memory. Thank you very much. <laughs> you tend not to not forget these sort of stories. Right. And that encapsulated the whole Scottish race for you, didn't it? Well, it was just the icing on the cake. I yeah. had a miserable time in the company of miserable people, yeah. and then that happened, and I just thought, well, isn't that bloody typical? Well, someone tried to open the conversation with you. When you're trying to take a shit! <laughs> well, there's not, not a long time for having a conversation. I admit his timing could have been a, a little more discreet, but probably the chap who just wanted to have a chat. It had a lot. It had, it had a lot to drink. Uh, well, again, yeah, when you're in that kind of state, you, your tendency to want to converse with people probably increases. Uh, uh, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. Uh, but at least I didn't enter any kind of political dispute with Scotland, which which is something I did manage with Chile and with France. Yes. Um, and looking back, I, I do regret that slightly. Um, and the regret I have is that in both cases, I think I apologised. Did you really? I think so. I certainly apologised to Chile, and that was a mistake. Right. Well, I'm not sure I'd agree with you. I don't think it would be a mistake to apologise to Chile for the, uh, the words that you expressed about them. Well, I, I'm now formally retracting that apology. Right. Chile, that apology... Formally withdrawn, everything that I said about you as a nation and as a people, I stand by. You're a disgraceful excuse for a country. You're full of oily men and ugly women. The men go down to the ocean and talk to dolphins instead of talking to their wives. It's a bloody it's a disgrace. Well, I'm sure all our Chilean listeners will be absolutely mortified by this new development, Richard, but uh, it's something I'll have to live with, obviously. <laughs> Any lows for you, Nathaniel? I feel I've banged on a little bit there. Well, well surprisingly, not there are a few, actually, yes. Uh, when we first started the passive-aggressive film reviews, I don't know if you remember the name, but uh, I certainly remember it and won't forget it in a long time. Young Jeff. Jeff. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the geekish young gay gentleman that I had a date with that I was rather insulting about. And, uh, yes, and you met him. And uh, he, uh, he certainly had a rebuke or two, didn't he, to make, which was fully justified. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to extend another apology to Jeff if you're listening. Uh, clearly you won't be. But just on the off chance that you might be sometime in the future. Um, I apologise for my actions at that, at that time. I was um, completely out of order. And... Um, I sincerely regret that moment. So I apologise for upsetting Jeff. That was a first vote. What a cowardly action that was, Nathaniel. Well, from him or me? From you. Cowardly, why? Clearly, this is something that's worried you and then been under your skin for a while. And <laughs> instead of being strong and courageous and enduring it, you've, 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 you've like some lily livered little pussy. You've apologised. 
I apologise, yes, that's right. It, it, it's, it's the right thing to do on occasion, Richard. It, uh, it saves much of the man as the, the nobility and the humility to apologise when he knows he's done wrong. It's not an experience that you'll be familiar with. Is this the same, same kind of logic as, as you know, it, 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 it takes more bravery to walk away than to actually fight? Much the same sort of thinking, Richard, yes, that's not right. Mm. And as, which is, strangely enough, ironically enough, is something that you will uh, be able to understand. Because you're a pacifist at heart, Richard, you're not a fighter, aren't you? Are you? I will fight. You won't. You, 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 I'll fight you. Yeah, but that'd be kind of like a bear hug, kind of um, backward kind of love fight, wouldn't it, really? I'd beat you. You just want physical contact with me, Richard, to be honest. <laughs> a fist fight between me and you, Nathaniel. There's only one one winner there. It's going to end up in a fisting fight, wouldn't it? It's not you. Don't use your disgusting sex terms. <laughs> well, I'll use them whenever I want to. You're just disgusting, depraved sex terms with me, Nathaniel. Remember your you minded approach, Richard. Remember that. I'm not impressed. I'm not 14. I'm not impressed. Fisting and rimming. Get to know the terms. What? What a childish way to start the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about fisting and rimming. You want to do this in public? It's only because the anonymity that the microphone gives you. I'm only examining your new principles and morals, Richard. I mean, they, they seem to be failing pretty early on. Mm. Shall we move on to my second low? Go on. My cock crash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, forgive me for laughing. Yes, I, yes, I. You're a lot more sympathetic at the time, as I, as I think <laughs> to recall. Um, you know, I, I, obviously the uh, the whys and wherefores of how I achieved a cock crash were very pleasant, ironically. Mm. Um, but the, the whole experience of um, having this itchy red soreness on on the end of my penis was was distinctly unpleasant. It's something I've never encountered before, and would certainly never want to again. Mm. Um, again, Anushka and I have taken the, the required precautions now, so it doesn't it doesn't occur again. But that was a very unpleasant experience physically. How did you rid yourself of this particular blight? Oh, just just by hardening up, literally, just by uh, getting the old fella used to the used to the bashing. I got you. Uh, like it, like 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 it hardened leather, just by whacking it. Like a callus. Like a callus, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it doesn't make my pecker look very appealing, but it certainly uh, has the required effect on the ladies. Did it ever look appealing? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, really? I, I yeah, I had quite a beautiful penis. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Does such a thing exist? <laughs> well, clearly, whenever I uh, examined myself in the mirror, I always gave myself an admiring glance. Not for the size, just for the style. Mm. I find quite a fashionable Aesthetics. penis. Aesthetics, yes, I have quite a, a fashionable, stylistic penis. Well, that's good to know. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. And my final, though, uh, was, of course, the... I'm not going to talk too much about it, uh, but just a passing reference was the lack of, lack of popularity that we received in 2011. We've talked about that, haven't we? We've talked about that, but uh, that, it, it was a low, so I, I felt the need to mention it. Are we done? I think we are. I th can I just tell you? Yes. I think that's the worst half an hour of, of podcast we've ever done. I disagree. I quite enjoyed that. Should we move on? I think we should move on. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, folks, even though this is Passive Aggressive Film Review's annual, annual review of 2011, we've still got time for some movie news and some Hollywood developments for you. And director Kimberly Pierce looks all set to helm the inevitable remake of De Palma's horror classic, Carrie. Though we generally frown on remakes here at Passive Aggressive HQ, 
At least this is a direct with some clout. Behind the lens for Hilary Swankathon Boys Don't Cry, it seems almost certain that, in this movie at least, boys most definitely will. With director Nick Love only just calling a rap on the Sweeney adaptation, the movie not scheduled for release for another few months yet, seems a sequel is already in the offing, with Carter and Regan leaving London well behind and heading to warmer climes. The Sweeney in the Algarve sounds like one of the worst ideas we've ever heard, so we'll see. Benedict Cumberbatch will be joining the cast of J.J. Abrams' Star Trek II, still pencilled in for a July release date, though that, that date seems wildly optimistic to us. Apparently, take on the part of a villain, expect the Enterprise to stumble upon, upon a planet where all the inhabitants are born with silver spoons crammed into their plum-stuffed, privileged mouths, with weapons that fire the finest foie gras in the universe. Paramount Zombiethon World War Z, starring Brad Pitt no less, has finished shooting, but won't see the light of day until at least December 2012, assuming the Mayans got it all wrong and we're all still alive by then. Though Paramount won't give the official figure, they have confirmed it to be the most expensive zombie movie ever made, and are hell-bent on squeezing plenty of life from the twitching corpse by turning it into a horror franchise. Sorry, Paramount, that's put us right off it already. Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where we talk about current movies, and as this is the review show, what we're going to do, bit of a change-up, we've picked our three favourite movies from 2011 that were released at the cinema, and also our three least favourite movies. So third worst film, Bad Teacher. Oh dear, I haven't, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen that I one? I haven't seen that one, Ray, but uh, you, you can tell us why you hated it, of course. Cameron Diaz stars in this. She looks weirder than ever. Yeah. Very strange looking woman. I wouldn't call her strange, Richard. I mean, uh, she's quite a looker. Do you think so? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I know she that the years are advancing and all, but um, she still holds it. It's a bad teacher. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie. She, Cameron Diaz, I, I, I don't know what the character is called. I don't care. Right. Um, she's a teacher. She moves into a new school, and she basically flouts all the rules. All she's really looking for is a toy boy so she can retire and live the life of luxury. She's a grotesque, basically. You know, your review here, it's not making it sound like a good advert, I must admit. If people are rushing out to watch this in their flocks and there's something wrong with them. Oh, it's dreadful. It's meant to be shocking. This is the worst thing about it for me. It's meant to be shocking. Yeah. But even to me, as a good Christian... Yeah. I found her antics tame. Right, so it's, it's, it's very, very diluted. Oh, it's watered down. You know, you know, a character drinking and smoking too much is meant to be outrageous. <laughs> what a rebel. What a what a pusher of boundaries. I mean, she's out there, isn't she? She's just... <laughs> Bloody hell. And critically, and this is my last point on it, really, it wasn't funny at all. Yes, it doesn't happen with so many comedy films. You sit there for an hour and a half, however long it is, not even raising a smile. And so many comedy films do that. I didn't 
crack my face once. Yeah. And 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 crucially, Nathaniel, nor did anybody else. Wow, wow, that's a slamming indictment. That really is. You see, sometimes I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in the cinema watching a comedy movie, and I'm thinking this is a piece of shit. Yeah. And not laughing, but people around me are. Yeah. And I just don't fit in with that crowd, and that's fair enough. That's fair I enough, isn't get it? it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not for me. I don't get it. Yeah. This was a reasonably busy screening. I'd say twenty or thirty people. Yeah. Not one laugh. Yeah, it doesn't make any worse uh, a judgment than that, Richard. That's harsh. That's that's in position three for me. What's your third position, Nathaniel? Worst film. Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was yawning. Uh, very quickly into that film. Uh-huh. Uh, when I say very quickly, I suppose what made it such of a letdown was my hopes weren't high when I went into to, to the cinema. As you know, I'm not into the um, the superhero genre at all. But this actually started off with promise with the, the storyline, and I thought, oh, this could be a refreshing change. It might actually see a superhero that, that I enjoy and is worth watching. But no, <laughs> to see this ending to the uh, the total and utter blandness that it was, uh, just absolutely packed with special effects and meaningless action. Uh, the, the, the guy who played the title role, Chris Evans, played Captain America. He, he was so wooden, you could have knocked nails into him. He's never been good, Chris Evans, and yet he gets loads of work. It's because he's stunningly good-looking, Richard. That's what it is, isn't it? It is, and it's, it's, it's sad that, uh, again, another facet of movie-making that I think we've talked about before, that we both agree with, is that uh, stunningly beautiful beautiful people just they get they're on the increase he's very good looking yeah he's got a beautiful body yeah that's all it, it doesn't matter that he can't act for shit absolutely no isn't that isn't that a sad indictment absolutely but uh, the 17 and 18 year old girls that want to go and see him are, are ready to pay the cinema fee on mass to go and see him and, and, and that's what works sadly because you're right uh, you weren't so uh, scathing about Captain America were you I didn't hate it, Nathaniel. I didn't love it. I, yeah. I never really planned to watch it again. Yeah. Um, but while it was on, it was passably entertaining. For me, the biggest thing was his weird bloody head. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I guess that's uh, evoked memories. I remember you mentioned that uh, some time ago, yeah. Very peculiar. I, I didn't find it such a, a peculiar head, which is what? That, that basically incredibly funny. But <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Thanks. Right, Chris Evans yes. is about six foot three tall. Yes. This hunk of manliness. Yes. They took his head, which yes. is in proportion to the rest of his body. Yes. And spliced it onto some kind of five foot eight little weak like Mr. Muscle type. I, I didn't see it that way. I, I, I didn't see it as, as being as uh, as callous as that. It was. It just looked perverse. Like, I didn't think it looked perverse at all. And for memory, again, I think if memory serves me correct, Richard. You were made, you were certainly banging on about the fact that uh, the, the, the young lad who played the, the skinny little lad mm. wasn't actually so skinny to begin with. He wasn't. <laughs> he was perfectly bloody normal. Well, we, we have to dis- disagree on the, the aesthetics of this movie then, Richard. I didn't think oh. Chris Evans' head looked as freakish as you're making out, and I thought the little kid was as skinny as he was portrayed to be. There's something wrong with you, Nathaniel. There's something wrong with your head. <laughs> Not as long as, as Chris Hemsworth. Exactly. Just, just, yeah. Oh, so that was number three for me. Right. Did we do a good one? Third best film of the year for me. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows. Right. Okay. 
scintillating chemistry between the two lead men, Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you this. Yeah. Normally, I find Jude Law a massively irritating presence on screen. Uh, I tend to agree with you on that one. I haven't uh, seen him in that many movies, but what I have seen him in, he's, uh, he's added absolutely nothing. Robert Downey Jr. just does his stuff, which he, which, which he always does. He's always the same. He's always eminently watchable. Oh, I disagree with that, Richard. I, I, I find him, yeah, I, I find him an inimitating watch, to be honest with you. Like, he, he say, he's, pre- he's pretty much typecast. Yeah. He, he takes uh, similar roles in whichever movie he's in. This kind of um, hyperactive, intellectual, mildly attractive, out there kind of guy. I, I just find it an irritating watch. I, yeah, it gets under my skin a little bit. That's interesting. Yeah. So for you, you've got two people that you normally don't approve of. Yeah. In the lead roles. How about that? Well, I, I had one, and that was causing me pause. Right. Um, but but the chemistry between them is, is great. They, they sparkle on screen. Yeah. Two of them. Um, you've got rollicking, frolicking action sequences that are just great. And, and they work in the place where they're situated in the storyline. Right. They don't feel like they're bolted in, because, oh, it's been 20 minutes, we need an action scene. Oh, that's a crucial factor, Richard, yeah. It is, isn't it? Enjoying what you're saying there, yeah. The script, it's sharp, it's witty, it it carries the whole thing along. Yeah. Um, And it felt... Last thing I'll say, really, it felt a bit like Bond. Right. But old-school Bond. In what respect? Um, just the kind of the jokey nature of it. Okay. You know, like the, the good-natured, warm-hearted, jokey, action-oriented adventure. Right. Did it um, keep to its roots at all, Richard? I mean, I mean, weirdly, the only Sherlock Holmes that I've ever seen are the really ancient old series, back mm. probably like 1940s, perhaps even early 30s, 40s, yeah. where it's you know incredibly naive acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a real super sleuth, you know, he, he does his real detective work and picks up on the faintest of clues and things yeah. like that. Does it, does it uh, keep true to that? Not really. No? No, no it doesn't. The, you, you get the odd moments where, you know, he, 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 he figures something out because of uh, something that somebody else hasn't spotted. Yeah. That really is put on the back burner. And that is, that is something that I've, I've read people complaining about. They wanted more sleuthing. Right. Interesting choice, which I didn't. I wouldn't have been one of the the, the movies I've uh, assumed he'd have been choosing, but uh, an interesting choice that one. Number three of the year. Number three of the year, yeah, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's, what's yours, Nathaniel? Third position, best it's film. A, it's a real, it's real tough because the, the, the top three are so close together. It, mm. You can almost just uh, throw them in the air and see which one lands first. Um, I'm going to go for another Earth, Richard. Oh yes. For, for number three. Um, I mean, it's pretty much movies by numbers as far as I'm concerned. What do you mean by that? Well, it, the fact that it's, it's pure uh, character and story driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a great amount of special effects. Um, a very simplistic film in essence, but beautifully directed, beautifully acted. Mm. Um, and a story that you, you just stay with and it's got the, the, uh, the really unusual ending, which I always really enjoy in a movie. Um yes. Just a, a movie goes movie in yep. absolute essence, and um, yeah, just just a really stunningly good movie. 
I loved it, the penny. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely marvellous. And in fact, it's one of my bubbling undertitles. Right. You know, it nearly made the top three. Yeah. I thought that it was, it was a, just a beautiful piece of filmmaking. What I loved about it was the fact that the sci-fi angle, the fact that, the, the, you know, this the, the another Earth of the title mm-hmm. was merely a backdrop. Right, absolutely, yeah. It wasn't the it wasn't the point of the film. No, of course, absolutely, yes. And, uh, and it was it was a metaphor for what was actually going on. Yeah. In the you know in the actual movie that we were watching. But you've still got the uh, the astronomical beauty of it. Absolutely. That, that was kind of played down again. It, it was no um, great budget lavished out on that movie as, as regards effects, but it was just the simplicity of it. Seeing that huge Earth appearing in the great blue sky, I thought that was a fantastic effect. And uh, I must admit, I am a bit of a sucker for uh, for young ladies who are into astronomical subjects. Mm. It was a good way to start for me. It was uh, it was a given really that I was going to enjoy this movie. It was haunting, wasn't it? It was haunting. It, it had haunting. that way about it. Yeah, the whole relationship aspect of the movie, which it, it never got sickly, it never got syrupy. Yeah, it was uh, wonderfully depicted um, in the way that it kind of had, had its darkness to it. One thing that unites us in our movie taste, Nathaniel, is is our is our hatred, really, of syrupy kind of schmaltz. Absolutely. And and this had none of it. It didn't, it really didn't. Um, the, the, the genuinely tender scenes were genuinely tender. Yeah. And you had the darkness to kind of give it that real and more interesting bite. Yeah, yeah. That's a great choice. Yeah? Yeah, beautiful film. It is indeed. Number three for me. Number two worst film of the year, Sucker Punch. Directed by Zack Snyder. The famous Zack Snyder. Well, he is famous. Don't don't be sarcastic about things you've got no knowledge of. That's very dangerous. self-deprecating, Richard. This isn't a movie. This is a video game. There's no plot. There's no sense of, 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 of anything moving forward. There's no continuity. Right. It's massively overlong. I mean, I think it clocks in over two hours. Yeah. And when it's rubbish, when something's rubbish, that's a long time. Yes, it is. It is. Two hours and double that. Yeah. Go and watch it. I, I, I recommend you watch it because I, I think you'll be furious <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah. It is the second worst film of the year. I'm pretty glad I missed it. Go on, Nathaniel. What's yours? Right. Second worst. Um, it's, again, it's a toss-up, really. But I'm going to go for Warrior. Oh. Just machismo. Just mm. oh, seeping through the screen at you. Uh, oh. <laughs> I can tell you, I know, I know what you're going to say, Richard. This is a men's film for mm. real men, uh, showing real men doing what real men do. Uh, mm. I suppose on some level you've probably got a point, but uh, don't ask me to enjoy this kind of movie, Richard. Again, the, the story was lame at best. Uh, it kind of hung on to a theme just so it could get to, to, to the, uh, the fighting, I reckon. And uh, it was all very schmaltzy and very ooh, cringeworthy. You know, two brothers, oh, yes. uh, once alienated, then falling out, and eventually coming together at the end. Oh, it just makes you want to vomit. It was very uh, cliched, wasn't it? Oh, completely cliched. I would say, Nathaniel, after ten minutes, you, knew you couldn't it. figure out how this film was going to end. Absolutely. You, you weren't crying, were you? This is it. It's, it's a film without any kind of quirkiness or twist or anything mm. to make you think. It, it's so predictable, you know what's going on after the first few minutes. Mm. And okay, you go. You've got that scenario. You get that. 
and then there's still nothing to entertain. Uh, yeah. The fight scenes were pretty good, I suppose. They were well choreographed. But, you know, if you're into that, just go and watch a boxing match and they'll entertain far more. Yeah. I would also say that I really, really loved the character of Tommy. You did, didn't you? I remember you saying... I loved him. Yeah. This slope-shouldered, yeah. uh, forehead down, grimacing, menacing man. Yeah. Ah, no, not for me. He, he just, you know, he refused to, to, to play by the rules. He wouldn't give any interviews. You know, the, the, the music played. He ignored it all. The crowd wanted to shake his hand. He ignored them. Yeah. He walked into the cage, because it was yeah. cage fighting, wasn't it? That's right. He walked into the cage, did what he needed to do, yeah. walked out back to the dressing room, clicked, you know, forgot about it, basically. Yeah, job done, yeah. I really, really, I, I can't think of a character like him in a fighting movie before. That's why I liked him, I think, because it was something a bit new. Right, again, I had to bounce you a bit of knowledge on that, but all I can say is, uh, did, did, the, did the character appeal to me? Did, did I resonate with him at all? No, not, not, not one jot. Let me be clear about this, Nathaniel. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to the pub with him. Right. But as a character in a movie, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed him. Fair enough. So that's Warrior. Yes, that's Warrior. It's not very good, is it? No, it's bloody awful. Second yeah. best film of the year for me. You prepared? I'm prepared. Thor. Oh, wow. Directed by Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. The, you know, Britain's very own. Yes. This is a comic book adaptation in in preparation for this year's, it's this year now, isn't it, 2012, this year's Avengers movie. This has a, a wonderfully epic feel. Yeah. Um... You've got you've got thespians just hamming it up all over the place, basically. Mark Strong and Anthony Hopkins just eating the eating the stage up. Special effects, Nathaniel, that actually add to the storyline. Right, that's what they should be doing. Another plus point: you've got Natalie Portman in in a lead role. Right, she's great. Yeah, she's just great. Um, and the star turn is. Newcomer Kim Hyde as Thor himself. Okay. And he, I mean, he's massive. He's this huge hulk of a man. Yeah. You know, blonde hair, blue eyes, perfect specimen. Normally, the kind of person you take an instant dislike to. Yeah. But he was a warm, engaging presence with with a genuine sense of humour. Right. It was great. Well, I'm not buying this one, Richard. It's <laughs> awful, to be honest. With you. <laughs> You know, I'll indulge you for so long, uh, and I'll hear your views. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it, it sounds sickening. The, the performances were good, the effects were good, the script was good. I was in the in the cinema for an hour and forty minutes, loved every single second of it. All right. Well, fair enough. I'm, I say I'm not, I'm not convinced, but uh, watch it. I won't. Watch it. I won't. <laughs> Every film that you recommend to me, I watch. I go out of my way deli- deliberately to watch because I, I respect your opinion. Fucking idiot. <laughs> what's, come on, what's yours? Your second best film. <laughs> my second best film. It's going to be Tower Heist. Ah. Uh, simply from the surprise angle, Richard, as, as we both know, it was a big budget. It was a, a very simplistic film. Uh, marketed it. Nobody in particular. Um, huge, amounts of, huge amounts of advertising. Uh, a comedy film to boot from America, starring Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy. 
And for some reason, I dragged my ass into the cinema to watch it, expecting absolutely nothing. Why did you go and see it? A good question, I really don't know. I don't know why we made the choice that we did. Hmm. Um, perhaps it was fate. Maybe it was. Um, but yeah, to get to the point, it was just a fantastically funny film. When I say fantastically funny, I wasn't belly laughing, don't get me wrong. Hmm. But I was chuckling pretty much all the way through it. And uh, all the uh, misgivings I had about the film before I went in were, were quickly um, alleviated. Uh, the story was really strong. Uh, ben Stiller was, was captivating on screen. He was, uh, you couldn't take your eyes off him. Not because he was a good looking man, because he looks quite freakish. But his, old char- his, his charisma really carried it across. Uh, Eddie Murphy was funny. I still can't believe I'm using those four words in a sentence, to be honest with you. Uh, but he genuinely was. Wasn't he? Sorry? Wasn't he funny? He really was funny. It's, it's just incredible when you think of him in, in, in the dross that he has made, in my opinion. The dynamics between the characters were really good. Uh-huh. Uh, the script was really well written. It was, as I say, genuinely funny. Um, it would probably make my f- the best film of the uh, of the year if it weren't for the slightly slapstick moments towards the end, yeah. uh, involving the you know the car and the ridiculous oh. things they were doing with it. That yeah. was a slight detrimental effect on it. Yeah. But um, overall, for sheer surprise factor, and that's um, my second best movie of, of 2011. I don't agree it's the second best film of the year, but I do agree with everything you said about the film. Right. Worst film of the year? Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Right. Why on earth did you go and see that? Somebody I knew, yeah, my companion. Yeah. Wanted to go and watch it. This is part four. Is it? Of the the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Franchise, yeah. It's, it's, It's a competitor for worst film I've ever seen. Wow. It was awful. You've got Johnny Depp um, doing his Keith Richards thing. Right. Again, this is a video game, not a movie. There's no plot. There's no script. There's nothing going on. It's massively long. All those millions that they spent, they could have spent on a writer. Well, yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying, Richard, yeah. Was was, uh, Keira Knightley in it? No, no, she wasn't. She's in one to three, but it was Penelope Cruz. Oh, Christ. Exactly. <laughs> Frankly, I can't be bothered to talk about this anymore. Fair comment. It, it was the most crushingly depressing cinema experience of the year for me. Right. It was awful. And everybody involved should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've spoken like a true teacher. What was yours, Nathaniel? I'm, I'm really interested. Cowboys and aliens, Richard. Ah, uh, yeah. Cowboys and aliens. Yeah. Uh, and I can guess you can probably predict the reasons I'm, I'm about to say. Uh, it's just everything bad about big budget movies. Oh. You know, you've got people just going through the motions. Harrison Ford just turning up. Oh, here's a quick book. Daniel Craig turning up. Oh, I'll just be enigmatic on screen and look good and pick up a load of dosh. Uh, oh, I've got a great idea. Let's put cowboys and aliens in the same movie. Oh, aren't I imaginative? Again, just loads and loads of action with bored me to tears. Makes you wondering why you're not doing better something with your life for the, the hour and a half it was on. It was absolutely awful. It's, ju- it's just movie making by numbers, Richard, and yeah. why on earth people pay good money and get convinced by this bullshit time after time after time is, is yeah. anyone's guess. You're done with that, aren't you? You don't want to say any more. I'm not going to, I'm done, absolutely. I'm yeah. Not telling you, you're really fed up. Best film of the year for me, Black Swan. Ah, Black Swan, yes. Wasn't this. 
such a fantastic movie simply because it was pushing the boundaries aesthetically. Well, it, it certainly was doing that. It's a movie by Darren Aronofsky. That's um, the name, yeah. He is, I would argue, the single most interesting director working today. Whoa. Um, he's a visionary, he's an auteur, and he has a visual style and a depth to his work that sometimes baffles and bewilders and confounds. This movie, it brings tears to the eyes. It's a work of, it's a movie, it's a work of art. It will have you examining your very existence. It is, to be, to be blunt, a work of pure, unadulterated genius. Well, unlike Thor, Richard, that, that, that's been ramped up the shortlist. This is the best film of this year, and I would, I would say the best film of probably the last five years five, maybe even eight years. Wowzers. It's brilliant. What's what? yours? My word. So, so that, trying to follow that. Um, I guess, I, I'll question whether I'm much of a movie fan, to be honest with you, Richard, after that. Uh, I've been wondering because, this for the last six months. Because, <laughs> um, I don't know, my, my choice of number one, as much as I really, really enjoyed it, mm. uh, it, it didn't evoke the passion that, that uh, Black Swans are certainly evoked in you. Mm. Um, anyway, let's talk about it because it's a fantastic movie. It's Apollo 18. Oh, very good. Um, again, on the similar sort of wavelength, a little bit uh, as to Tower Heist. I, I was walking in not expecting a fat lot because um, I'd seen, forgive me, I don't, I don't remember the exact title, but I think it got Tom Hanks in. And it's, it got, is it Apollo 14? Apollo 13? 13, Apollo 13. I thought that was pretty much a piece of shit. That was. Um that was the cinematic equivalent of jabbing a, a whole pineapple up Uranus. Well, that'd be more exciting to be fair. Well, not a whole pineapple, not even you. No, you've got to try. You've got to, you've got to be <laughs> just keep jabbing till it melts. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so, when to, again, it, that kind of helps, I think, when you walk into to an auditorium. If you haven't got much expectation, that's, that's a good attitude to walk in with. Uh, and right from the beginning, I could tell, you can kind of get a flavour of things pretty quickly a lot of the time with movies. And I love the austerity of it. Uh, I love that there was there was nothing to dress this movie up. It was only going to be about atmosphere and story. Yeah. And it, there's nothing else to it. You, you, mm. There was nothing to kind of hide behind uh, to to uh, distract. It was the story. It was the atmosphere, and that's the only things it depended upon. And it, it, it served its purpose brilliantly. Talk about being absolutely minimalist and yet utterly frightening. I mean. How do you encapsulate those two descriptions in, in the same frame? But they, they appear in the same frame. Yes. Um, the effects were minuscule, but the the aliens that you saw were just one of the most some of the most frightening things I think I've ever seen on film. Mm. Um, not because they were fantastic and, and awful to look at, because the atmosphere behind it made it that way. Uh, you've got the whole conspiracy theory there, which you may or may not indulge in. But what do you do or what do you don't? It, it gives it just ramps up the intrigue. Um, absolutely captivated by it. Again, I, I watched it in a pretty empty auditorium. That probably helped with the atmosphere as well. Yes. Um, just absolutely fantastic science fiction, or not, as the case may be. Nathaniel, I thought Apollo 18, great film, um, frightening, thought-provoking in terms of the conspiracy theory angle. Yeah. The the the, the sense of isolation oh. that kind of being, ca- being captured in, in, in this tiny vessel yeah. was 
was heart stopping, really. Absolutely. Because um, that's so claustrophobic. Yeah. That would. Can you? Uh, I couldn't imagine being in that situation. Yeah, um, I, I, I remember. I had to turn my head away from the screen momentarily on, on occasions. Yeah. I, I couldn't bear to watch it. That kind of uh, to instigate because of the claustrophobia. For the claustrophobia, absolutely, yeah. And the, the absolute, just that creepiness as, as they're walking towards the yeah. the, the peak, the crater. And you know something is going to happen, but you don't know when and you, you don't know what. It's a good choice. It's a really good choice. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where we'd normally talk about old movies. And in fact, we're still going to do that. The rule here is we're going to talk about old movies that we've seen this year for the first time. Doesn't matter when it was made. We've seen it this year for the first time. And we're going to do the same thing, our top three, bottom three films of the year. So I think I started last time, Nathaniel, so how about you kick us off with your third worst film that you've seen this year? Third worst I've seen this year has got to be Dogma. Uh, Kevin Smith movie, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, again, held in high repute, and for what reason, I've I really no idea. Um, again, it's, it's a movie I really, really should enjoy. Uh, investigations into the Catholic religion, trying to pick holes in it, uh, pick flaws in it, and uh, done intelligently enough, and with a cast that you could drool over. But for some reason, I don't know, it's just too flippant, I guess is the word uh, I'm going to choose. It's, there's no power there. It, it doesn't suck you in at all. And it was just a real disappointment because I was really, really looking forward to watching it. It's got this real childish flavour about it. Yeah. Um, which I would have thought a, a director of Kevin, Kevin Smith's esteem uh, would have wanted to avoid. Don't for a second think that, that Kevin Smith is above the pure oil. Because right. He, you know, he's, ve- he's very childish. I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Richard. I don't particularly like the film. Should we move on to yours? Number three? Okay, for me, third worst film I've seen this year, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Nice. The remake. Yeah, the dreaded remake. 2008 this came out. Yeah. It stars Rihanna Keeves. <laughs> yeah. He is laughable in the lead role. Right. The film itself, it's skull-crackingly thick. The reason I watch this film is because it's based on a genuine classic. All the more reason not to watch it. It was bloody awful. Right. What's your third best film of the year? My third best... Got to be The Mist, I reckon. The Mist. What absolutely powerfully bleak movie. It didn't start out too great, to be honest with you. I remember the, uh, you know, when, when the, the, they started to gather in the supermarket uh, and they were building the defences and trying to keep the monsters out. I was thinking, this is a bit of a strange choice. This isn't going to lead anywhere. This isn't the most powerful movie in the world. Um, but obviously, as it went on, it really, really developed and the, the power started to come through. The reason I've chosen it, basically, uh, which is because of the ending. I mean, it just sucks the soul out of your orifice, is it? You can't say too much. I know, I know I can't. Please. <laughs> but sucking the soul out of your orifices, it should be an advert to go and watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just the most powerfully bleak thing I, I've ever seen. Uh, if, on, if on a movie poster it said the ending of this film will suck your soul out of your orifices, Yes. I guarantee I will go and see that film. Well, it's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be a positive advert. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, it's a great description. It's, but I, I thought the rest of the movie was just adequate, really. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm, obviously I'm really bigging up the ending here. Yeah. Um, but it, this film movie was all about the payoff. And uh, I've not seen too many films uh, with such a, an amazing payoff as this one had got. That's a great choice. Thank you. So the third best film, for me, Wally. Wow, that's a surprising choice. I thought that this was beautifully rendered. It looked stunning. Yeah. Effectively, this was a silent movie. Right, yes, it was. Part of my love for this film comes from the fact that it's loosely based on the 70s uh, sci-fi classic Silent Running. I'd say one of the uh, strangest moments in that movie, but not so much strange as just understatedly powerful, was when they first discover the plant. Remind me. Uh, obviously, they're wading through the junk, and Eva is sent down as the probe to uh, to monitor things. Oh, yeah. Uh, see if it's habitable or not. Yeah. And uh, while he's wading through the junk, he, he spots the little green plant growing through the ground before he picks it up. And, and the alarm's activated. And the alarm's activated, yeah. Yeah. For me, when he actually sees that little green plant, even though it's all animated and artificial, it's still a poignant moment. I thought it was anyway, and I thought it was designed to be that way. I think you're right because because he they're they're living well he's living in this in this artificial world of metal and and you know rubber and plastic yeah which is really ugly and just to see something green it's a moment of hope isn't it yes yeah, sort of yeah hope. Right. yeah what's your third um, best old movie then it's got to be Taxi Driver a classic an absolute classic cold oh. classic. Again, it, the expectation thing kicks in because you've seen it. You know, you know it's got huge, uh, hugely notorious, huge cult uh, following, uh, and I expect it to be let down in some way. But no, not a bit of it. Um, again, because it's uh, emanating from the 70s, it, it's not going to be loaded with effects. It's going to be by definition uh, plot and um, character driven. That's it's, good. It's certainly, it, it's certainly good. Absolutely. Uh, that's what I appreciate in the movie. That's what's going to float my boat. And that's why this one did. Um, Robert Nero's character is absolutely fantastic. And he's fantastic because you never know really where he's at. No. Uh, it explains a little bit about his background, that he's from the Marines. And he lives somewhat of a, a lonely, sort of um, isolated life. Um, but you never know really what's going on in his head. And I think that's what encapsulates the beauty of this movie. You never know where he's actually at. You get those scenes in the taxi where he's talking about slime monkeys and... Right. Oh, you know, he's cruising through the seediest part of New York. Right. And he and he's, he's describing what he's seeing, and he, he's so vitriolic. Yeah. And his hatred of, of, of what he's seeing. Yeah. You kind of get a glimpse into his mind, but you can't really empathise, can you? No, he obviously that, that empathy leads when he, he buys himself stocks up on weapons and uh, and takes them out into the public. Um, mm. so did, you, did you think he was mentally ill, Richard? Yeah, of course, yeah. He's paranoid, delusional. Right. So, yeah, that, that, that film, the, the film was about his character. I'd never seen a character yeah. quite like it. I'd never seen it so well portrayed. And again, you've got the, the, the quirky kind of ending just for the, the cherry on top of the cake, basically. That's a fabulous choice, Nathaniel. Thank you. So... Second worst film that I saw this year. Yeah. Showgirls. Right. This is Paul Verhoeven who um, directed Robocop. Yeah. 
Total Recall, Starship Troopers, Hollow Man. You know, this yeah. guy can make a movie. Right. Some strange reason he decided to make an erotic thriller. Right. Everything is, is, is totally artificial. Everything is utterly staged. In each scene, it doesn't matter where you look. You're looking at a bare tit or a kind of a, a bloke's arse or a bloke's willy or a tuft of female pubic hair. And yet at no point is any of it titillating. He wouldn't be doing that on purpose, would he? Um, no, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. I just think it's so poorly crafted. It, it renders it absolutely sexless. Hmm. Has he kind of revealed his own psyche as being so... He's into something so mainstream that people found it boring? Well, I think he's always been into that stuff. Um, so, no, no, it, it was just awful. Um, Elizabeth Barclay plays the, the the lead character, Nomi. Nomi. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Um, yeah. And she puts in simply the worst performance I've ever seen in a Hollywood movie. Right. I mean, it, seriously. I talked about Rianu Keeves earlier. Yeah. Poor. He, I mean, he, he's like uh, Sir John Gielgud in comparison. Right. Uh, this woman is absolutely dreadful. Um, don't, don't, don't ever watch it. I won't. I won't. If that gives um, a <laughs> What's yours? Come on. Second worst, it's going to be, it's a cult classic again, it's going to be Brain Dead. Tell me why. Well, I've got a friend of mine, he's, he's um, I don't know if you know him, he's into this kind of thing. And uh, he, he was talking it up, um, saying it was a film that, you know, it's a must-watch, one of his best films of all time. Uh-huh. And I must admit, I mean, I, I bought it for a while. Uh, I'm always open to new experiences, and I've never seen a, a film of this uh, genre before. And uh, I was looking forward to it. And, and it did tick a few boxes to begin with. But it was just the way it just descended into absolutely gratuitous gore-fest blood and guts and bile splattering everywhere. And I know that's kind of what it does, uh, it's meant to say on the tin, but it just got utterly dull. Yeah. You got from say, a brand new and exciting experience from something you've never witnessed before to within half an hour later, the most boring thing you've ever seen on the screen, just through the sheer volume of it. Yeah. And uh, it was just a shame to have that experience tainted in that way, especially in such a short space of time. Yeah. Have you I mean, seen it, Richard? I have seen it, because we reviewed it on, on the show, didn't oh, we? Of course, yeah. Um, so I have seen it. I, mean, I didn't hate it as much as you. Yeah. Um, but, but it certainly wasn't... It wasn't particularly good. Yeah. I think it's aimed at teenage boys who kind of like the idea of, 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 of lots of splatter and gore. I think that it's cool. I think, you know, think, think they can get kind of Auntie Bessie around. Right. And say, oh, Auntie Bessie says, oh, p- put a film on, will you, love? And, and, and he says, oh, do you, do, oh, yeah, oh. And she goes, whatever, whatever. And put, put that on. And then just to traumatise her. Okay. I think that's what, it, that's what it's all about. So, yeah, uh, uh, there's nothing more really to say about that. But it's, it's not the sort of film you can uh, expand volumes of speech on. Just a, a, a lot of disappointment through uh, sheer volume of, of gore. So, we're at now the second best film of 2011. Yeah. And I'm going to pick Requiem for a Dream. Right. You've already mentioned this one, haven't you? I have. This is Aron- Aronofsky again. Yeah. Dan Aronofsky... 
I've slightly fallen in love with this man. Right. Have you seen him? I have seen him. Yeah. And he's not particularly attractive. Right. And he's also got a little kind of Hitler moustache. Okay. But this, this, this is the tale of, of, of kind of small town madness, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's a steady descent into insanity. Massively intense. Massively disturbing imagery. Wow, okay. It's breathtaking. Yeah. This, this is from year 2000. It's absolutely amazing. Right, okay. That's another one on the list then, Richard. So. Paranormal Activity. The original? The original, yes. Not Go on. Too far, 2007. So we've only... Uh, Four years back, I know. Uh-huh. Um, but I've never seen a film of this... Uh, well, I had. No, that's, that's, that's a bit of a lie. I've seen The Blair Witch Project, which is a, a similar mode of film, but didn't carry anywhere near the weight of this one. Again, in much the same way as uh, as, as other films do, uh, such as Apollo 18, it's completely minimalist. It's very simplistic, but it's utterly terrifying. Um, there aren't many films that genuinely... The only film that genuinely scare me, uh, and that's not through sort of some hard macho bullshit because uh, I'm a big wuss as we all know, but generally they don't. This was, I, I was literally biting my nails, and I had my, my head up against my knees, curled up with blood. Had your head up <laughs> Against my knees. Oh, <laughs> uh, Given it, uh, being curled up into a ball in some sort of defensive uh, body language fashion. Utterly terrifying movie, and uh, for, for that to Give me that experience was literally shocking. I don't expect to, to watch television or a cinema screen and be genuinely frightened. And I was genuinely frightened. And again, not because of anything elaborate, it was just through sheer direction style and uh, eerie content. I found it one of the most unnerving experiences of, of the last few years, in yeah. the, you know, movie-wise. I like the real-time footage aspect of it. Right. I like the fact that it was contained within a single home which kind of makes people uncomfortable because it could be their house it was their house absolutely yeah and then you just get the little moment you know nothing's actually happening yeah but suddenly there'll be somebody standing beside the bed yeah and, th- and there is something profoundly disturbing about that because when you're asleep you, that's when you're at your most vulnerable yeah that's right it, it kind of gives you that impression of you waking up and then seeing something horrible but, you know, you're not seeing kind of monsters marauding around the place, looking grotesque and uh, and jumping out at you. It's all very much a power of suggestion more than anything else. You get the odd little thing, the odd little um, hint at something uh, untoward going on. But that, that's what this film is about. It's about hint and suggestion and, and the power of that. I love that. Love it. Great choice. Right, I'm looking forward to your next choice. Worst film I saw this year, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Right. Go on. This film pissed me off so much. It, it, it made me question the fact that I loved the director's kind of previous output. Yeah, yeah, it was happens. Awful. Right. Self-indulgent pap. Well, I got smalt and melodrama cranked off the scale. I disagree with you, Richard. I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Oh. I, I, I found little to flaw with it, other than the. Right oh. overdose of sentimentality, but I didn't see it in the same uh, degree that you're seeing it. Little to floor? Little to floor. <laughs> it, it, it was an exercise in patronising the viewer. Right. It's a brainwashing programme. This is how you should think. If somebody, if somebody gets ill, 
you're meant to be really, really upset about it. And in no way should you ever question the fact that that person might have done some bad things. That's a really interesting viewpoint, Richard, but it's got absolutely nothing to do with the film. <laughs> Me correctly, I know I'm getting knocking on in years, but I hope it doesn't really let me down too badly. But uh, Benjamin Button was was born um, as an 80, 80 year old man and lived his life in reverse until he effectively uh, went back into the womb, effectively. So it was about uh, right. the difference how he would live his life uh, and very, very little to do about how ill a person gets and the consequences of that. But I, I hear what you're saying. It is a smaller movie, Richard. It's it's very sentimental, and it's um, I think I remember saying at the time that it won't appeal to, to most men. It's not a men's men's film. It's um, oh. it's, it has a girly flavour to it. Um, oh God! Can't deny that. I'll confess, I didn't finish this film. Oh shit! <laughs> I didn't I didn't get to the end. Thing is, all I wanted to happen was for Arnold Schwarzenegger to turn up with 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 a massive submachine gun and kill every single fucking one of them. Nice. That wasn't going to happen. No, it wasn't. So there was no purpose in me continuing because unless that happened, I was going to be disappointed. <laughs> so you, you only watch films on the basis that unless you, everything that you want to happen happens, you're going to bail on it. <laughs> unless I know that Arnold is going to turn up with a submachine gun and kill people... I'm going to turn it off because no good can come of me keep watching it. You know, you've got your reasons for, for watching films and not watching them. Who am I to, uh, to patronise that and go against it? Fincher, come on. You've made some of the greatest films of the last 15 years. Absolutely, undoubtedly. But to... Why have you just suddenly vanished up your own anus? Well, he, he did that with Zodiac for me. That was, that was his uh, disappointing output. Uh, that one left me cold, but you know, as, as you say, artists, no matter how credible they are and how creative they are, they, they're going to slip up from time to time. And if, absolutely right. If, if, imagine if your favourite band, your favourite artist, uh, your favourite creative person, well, thing in the book. Sync, are you talking about? Insync. Right. Insync, you can use them as an example if you wish. Yeah. Everything they ever did in their back catalogue was fantastic, wouldn't that be firstly strange and secondly kind of disappointing? Wouldn't you want them to have an off day? Insync. Everything they've done is absolutely fantastic. But isn't that, isn't that dull? Isn't, isn't that just... Not at all, no, no, because I know that I can I can reach to one of my NSYNC CDs yeah. and put it on and I know I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah, I, I find that, you know, as far as the human experience goes, just just, just dull. If, if everything uh, one of my favourite bands did, if I liked every song they'd ever did, I would question my own sanity and theirs. Let me ask you a question, Nathaniel. Yes. Do you think NSYNC really think about the human condition? <laughs> um, I don't suppose they do, no. Well, they really do. I want to love you much. Bye bye, baby. Bye bye, baby. Yeah? Yeah. Great song. Really great song. Oh, you know, great. You, you like these songs? That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. The, the, the everlasting heart. I'm sure they're wonderful pieces of work, Richard. Great song. Well, where are you going with it? Great song. 
Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to introduce you to a new form of music. What? Well, you, you listening to your bloody ridiculous hippie fucking drippy shit that you listen to? No. A bunch of, a bunch of Indian people playing sitars. <laughs> yeah. Sitting but, around eating lentils playing sitars. <laughs> As this would like to your second favourite movie of the year, Richard. Um, it doesn't really. The, the um, last thing we want to be doing is going off into tangent. No, you're right. Give me yours. <laughs> Bloody idiot. Worst film I saw in 2011 was Howard the Duck. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I know you were captivated by it when you watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gripped. You were gripped when... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I I've, I've, I've lost the energy to, 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 to crank up any vile attitudes towards it, Richard. This is, it's just shit. It's just absolute wank. Um, can't spit at it. I can't. It, it's, it's 80s kitsch. It's shit acting. There's no story. There's, there's mindless action. Uh, I've no idea what the director was thinking when he made it. It's a worthless piece of crap. There's nothing, nothing redeeming about it. Yeah. And I wish it never existed. Yeah. Uh, I think about... I'm thinking of saying that my own life right at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we seem to have been sucked into some timeless Something, vortex. Absolutely. <laughs> all, all we've got to do is talk about films until we die. I think it's like, it's like Groundhog Day. Only, just, I don't even get to go to sleep. You know the mistake we made? Yeah. We should have split this in two, shouldn't we? We should. Really? We just didn't... Because, you see, listeners, we're new to this. We didn't understand how long this process would take. We, didn't we started this at half past three. It's now three hours later, and we're now and we're spending time doing this. But you fuckers, and there's, and not not one fucking single one of you will get in touch with us anyway. Uh, Richard, you you, you wasting your vitriol down because after two and a half hours long, there's probably nobody listening. It's half an hour. The chances of anybody listening after two and a half hours, you, we could do whatever you like. This, this is this is our playground in the park. I could start raping young boys, and mm. no one would know. How would the duck? How would the duck? How would the duck is the worst film I've seen in 2011, and I've said all I need to say about it. <laughs> Can we go on to your worst film of 2011? My worst film? I've, I've already told you my worst film. Oh, your best film of 2011? My best film? Um, a Serbian film. Oh, right, yes. Have you heard of this? I, I've heard of it, yes. It's quite a, a nondescript little number. I'm a horror fan, Nathaniel. You know that. This is the most challenging movie I have ever seen. Yeah. It was... Horrific. It takes you to places you wouldn't even contemplate. It's a barrage of the senses. It actually makes you feel sick. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how positive a uh, thing that is in a movie. But I'm, I'm, not saying it's positive. I'm not saying it's positive. I'm just saying it's the best film I saw last year. Don't put me in a in a bracket, no. don't put me in a... In, you're, in not, a you're not understanding my point, Richard. You're not understanding it at all. Let, let me try and explain it a little bit better. If you ate some food um, that was bad and you didn't expect it to be bad and it made you sick, you wouldn't be talking that up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You wouldn't be talking that piece of off food up because no, it made you sick. 
No, but food generally isn't art, is it? It isn't, no. But you know, a, a prawn sandwich. Yeah. That's, that, 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 that's not a work of art. No, it's... <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> you feel the need to point out that a prawn sandwich is not a piece of art to me because I don't understand. It's not, though, is it? No, it isn't, Ian. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no. And how can something that actually makes you ill, how can you glean anything positive from it? Because it's a work of art. How does that justify it? Um, because art is meant to challenge the senses in both positive and negative ways. I'll, I mean, for the record, I absolutely completely agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I know you are. You know, you know, because no fucker listens to us. That's right. Yeah. And and we're aware of that. Yeah. And, so, and, and now this is kind of a form of self-flagellation. It is. <laughs> Um, in fact, you know, I, I think I think we should now drop our, our personas. You're not Nathaniel. I'm not Richard. You're Jules. I'm Ian. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck everything fuck else. Man. You know, who gives a shit? Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I pretend to be, you know. Like the posh, the posh bloke from Suffolk or uh, Devon, whatever, with ideas about my station. The reality is, listeners, for the fucking ten of you that's out there, I'm Ian. I'm, I'm sitting here in a, in a pair of tracksuit bottoms. I'm sitting here in my, in my tracksuit bottoms with my hand holding my cock. I'm, I'm, I need to piss so much. I've, I've had four cans of Scrumpy Jack. And every single one of you makes me want to fucking puke. Well, just just for, for balance, listeners, I, I'm laying on a, a rather dilapidated couch with a cushion between my knees. I think I've got semen stains on my T-shirt and I've been nursing half a pint of ginger beer for the past three hours <laughs> in the name of trying to entertain you cunts. Exactly. I actually... I, I'm going to get down to watching a Serbian film. I've changed my mind about that one. Have you? What was I saying earlier about not being frightened by movies? Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think you probably, Serbian films probably doesn't come into the flight category, but you know, it, it, like you say, it debases and, and it appalls. So, oh, yeah. am I frightened of being debased and appalled? Possibly. I need, I need to uh, to face that really. Okay, then, folks. This is the part of the show where we're going to talk about um, any other business, really. Um, and as, the, as this is the kind of end of. 2011 review. We're going to talk about our, our movie hopes going into 2012 and our personal hopes. Movie hopes for me. Yeah. 3D. I really hope it goes away. It's not going to. I think it might. You think so? There's been a tipping point whereby um, movies have started to make more money 2D than 3D. Isn't that statistical manipulation? No, that's no. Just more people going and, and choosing to go to the 2D screening than the 3D. Oh, simply because it's cheaper? Because it's cheaper and because they prefer it. You happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Any other hopes for you? Uh, movie-wise? Yeah. Uh, that we see, again, I probably... I thought yours was a full-on hope, but mine is probably even more full-on. That we see more lower-budget um, foreign cinema. 
in yeah. multiplexes. Uh, it, will only, it will only happen if people go and see them. Exactly, yeah. It's just a shame that, okay, that these, obviously these places are available, such as the Electric Cinema in Birmingham, and probably one or two others I don't even know about. Because I just think it, 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 that sort of thing, uh, I would just like to see it personally more integrated into the mainstream, for obvious reasons. Like I say, it's pretty much a full-on hope, because the multiplexes won't go for that, because they're not going to get people through the door, and how do you make the two ends meet? I hope to find true love. Not the, yeah, not, not the lustful squirting that I had with Helen. What about the Dark Knight Rises, Nathaniel? Do we care? Dark Knight Rises? What's that, another sequel? You don't care, do you? About I said no, I've would lost interest. <laughs> Come on, you, you tell me about your, you know, I've, I've been really candid. Since we've broken the character, I've been really candid. What's that, Lauren? And you, no, you haven't. I have. No, you haven't. I have. That's because you haven't asked. Well, I'm asking now. Okay. And what do you want to know? I, I want to know what you what what you hope to achieve by uh, the end of March. By the end of March, uh, Nathaniel would hope for um, Nathaniel. Justin. Justin hopes to uh, have found true love, um, and hopes to have found the job that he enjoys. You just, you just used mine. I haven't. <laughs> are you doubting my own Stephen? Well, my, my own hopes, Richard, for 2011 are, are pretty simplistic ones. Being the hippie that I am, I pray for world peace. Well, not pray, of course, but that's ridiculous. I hope for world peace. And that, um, I hope that everyone will come to the realisation that we're all bisexual. I mean, that is typically provocative from you, Nathaniel. It's not meant to be provocative, Richard. I, I'm just stating things as I see it, and, uh, you know, although you might not want to face it in yourself, you, you've had certain moments of evidence of it yourself. Everybody should come to realise that they are bisexual. That's correct. I'm not bisexual. Well, do you really want to have that conversation now, Richard? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I am not bisexual. Clint Eastwood, Richard. Clint, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood is a very, very attractive man. Something about his eyes, I've read up on this, I've read up on this, on, on the kind of bisexual forum. They, his eyes turn men. You're making this up just to distract from my point, aren't you, Richard? I'm not, I'm not making it up. The I researched forums. it because I was concerned about my own sexuality. Bisexual forums, talking about Clint's hypnotic eyes. Yes. yes. Shit. Yes. <laughs> You're just a gay lord. I'm not gay. Yeah? I'm not bi. I'm straight. I'm so straight, I make you nervous. I realise it's an understanding that it takes some people slower to come to than others, Richard. You take your time. Take as long as you need. Why is it that you want me to be gay? I don't want you to become gay. I just know that you already are. <laughs> it seems to me that you want... You you, you yearn for me, don't you? I don't, I don't yearn for you at all. <laughs> far, far from you. Uh, I enjoy your company, I enjoy the podcast, uh, I do find you somewhat attractive, but I certainly don't yearn for you, Richard. Let me be clear about this, Nathaniel. Yes. Unless I develop some kind of hideous mental condition, there is absolutely no chance of me and you becoming a couple in 2012. I don't say that, that's, that's ruined all my shattered, shattered my dreams. No chance. No, no chance. Really? Forget it. I want to say a way to end the podcast. Forget it. Is that the way it's going to end? Well, I mean, you're a beautiful man. I know that. 
You're a beautiful man, but me and you are never going to couple. Well, never say never, Richard, as the cliche goes. Never say never. It's an early days. We're only at the 5th of January. It's a long old year. Yes. Uh, a week's a long time in life, Richard. It is. <laughs> let, alone, let alone a year. We'll see. Come December, you'll be fumbling a few bombs, are we? Let's call it a day. Call it a day. Right now. Let's call it that right now. you're starting to piss me off. All right. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm fed up of you and your dogmatic approach to life, trying to convert me, trying to corrupt me. No, not at all. Trying to make me into some kind of bum lord. Oh, no, not at all. I'm not. Yeah, don't be my help. I'm not one of those. Yes, yes. I'm not one of those. I'm equally... You see, I'm no more a bum lord than I am an inscrutable Chinese man. No, well, you know, it's, it's like evolution. It, it'll take hold. So, you forget it. I don't think I can. And, and we'll call it a day for now. Okay, then. I'm wishing you a happy new year, Richard. You have a you have a lovely new year. I may never ever see you again. All right, then that'd be a, a real shame. But I wish I, you a happy I, new year anyhow. I hope you all nothing but good things. Yes. But just stop trying to touch me in ways that you, I've never allowed you to. I'm going to finger your anus one day, Richard. One day. Good night. Good night.